Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. Fed rate hike decision is in. Jerome Powell increased rates by 25 basis points, exactly what the market was expecting. So now the question becomes, how are the markets responding to this 25 basis point hike? Were there any surprises? Let's go right over to the CNBC homepage and check it out. And then we're going to check out the yield curve to see if we can extract some data that will help us predict what the Fed will do next. Is this the last rate hike that we'll see in this cycle? Are they going to pause? Or maybe are they going to pivot next time and actually lower rates? Let's get right over to the CNBC homepage and check it out. I'm going to refresh and start off by looking at just the basic stock market. So Dow Jones up 15 points. No real movement there. NASDAQ, S&P, pretty much flat. This would indicate that the Fed rate increase was right in line with market expectations. You guys know that by watching my last video. But what we didn't go over is the probabilities. And it was like a 96% probability, something like that. It wasn't even like a 70 or 80%. So no real surprise in the movement from the stock indices. Now, let's go over to the bond market. This is what I think is far more important. The 10-year down slightly, but not that much. I think what's more important is where the 10-year currently resides, right around 3.5. And what I want to do in a moment is pull up the two-year, because you guys know from watching my videos that you don't usually get that tsunami that hits as far as an economic recession, depression, crisis, black swan event when the curve is actually inverted. I'm talking about the two-year and the 10-year. It's actually when the curve uninverts, if that's a word. That's what you got to be mindful of. So as prudent investors, we really want to be cognizant as to when that two-year treasury yield will go back down below the 10-year because that's when the alarm bells really need to go off and you've got to take that super, let's say, risk-off type of position. Uh, I don't want to say panic, <laughs> but that's when you really got to be paying attention to what's going on in the markets because you know that tsunami that's heading at you at 500 miles per hour is getting real close to the shoreline. So actually, let's go into the two-year right now. Josh, can you please pull that up to see where we are as far as the yield? Oh my gosh, the two-year is down at 4.03. Are you sure that's refreshed? Wow. Okay. So the reason I'm really surprised is because earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, that was up at 4.2%, wasn't it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's really surprising. Well, that's not a good sign. So if this was a confident response to the Fed rate hike, you would actually see the two-year going up. You know, you'd see pretty much all interest rates going, but uh, to see the two-year go down by 20 basis points and the 10-year pretty much stay the same, what does that tell you guys? Exactly what we we're just talking about. That, that means the yield curve is getting steeper. In other words, the yield curve is getting closer to no longer being inverted, which is when you really have to assume that whatever's going to hit is going to hit within the next you know few months. It's going to hit sooner than later. That's the bottom line. That's kind of how you time it. Because when that two-year goes all the way down lower than the 10-year, like we said earlier, that's usually, if you look at history going back to the 1950s, that's when you get the economic recession, depression, crisis, 
you know, black swan, whatever you want to call it. So that's really interesting that the 10 year didn't go down at all, but the two year just plummeted by call it 20 basis points or so. All right, Josh, let's go back to the CNBC homepage for a moment. Then we'll get into the rest of the treasury yields. Let's see how the other markets responded. We've got Bitcoin that was, uh, well, for Bitcoin, that's pretty much flat, <laughs> up uh, 0.76. Uh, it could just be noise. I'm not going to try to read into that too much. Although the one comment I'll have on Bitcoin is I, I don't think the upward movement in price is really a result of people fleeing the banking system and going into a quote-unquote safe haven. I think it's more so just the, the market predicting that the Fed is going to pivot sooner than later and lower interest rates are better for the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ type of growth stocks. And what we've seen is, is Bitcoin usually trades right alongside the NASDAQ. So I don't know that that's a vote of confidence in Bitcoin being a store of value outside of the banking system and people just fleeing the fractional reserve fiat is theft type of system and just going to that safe haven called Bitcoin. Again, I think it's more so just a bet that the Fed is going to pivot sooner than later. George, you obviously don't get it. There was a mastermind betting $1 million on Bitcoin going to a million dollar. Yeah, and that we'd have hyperinflation over the next 90 days. We'll have to save that for another video, Josh, because <laughs> I can really uh, go off on a tangent there. So for this video, let's stick with the CNBC homepage and uh, see what's happening to oil up at $70. So this would lead you to believe that at least the oil market sees a bit more inflation on the horizon, a little less of the disinflation, or it could just be people taking profits. I know the, uh, or you know, shorts covering as an example, because you have the price of oil go down, I think to the mid sixties. So that may just be some noise there as well, but definitely something to pay attention to. I always like looking at, at the bond market, the oil market and the dollar. If you have those three data points, I think you can come to a lot of very accurate conclusions. Gold up about the same as Bitcoin getting very close to 2000. I know a lot of the viewers like gold. I always say that you got to own it just as insurance, you know, 10% of that portfolio in the 108010, which is how I like to set up my own personal portfolio. And uh, I think when I set up that model portfolio in Rebel Capitalist Pro, Josh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we bought gold around the high 1700s. And we set up that portfolio with that 10% gold, 90% cash, and T-bills. And that served us uh, quite well for the last you know, six months, especially if your main priority is maintaining your purchasing power. And if your number one goal, which mine is, and that's not losing money. Hey, guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. 
We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. So now let's go over to the other yields on the curve. And Josh, if you go ahead and start with the one month, please. And like we were saying earlier, this one month trading about 4%. But keep in mind, Fed funds, the range has gone from 4 point uh, or from 4.5 to 4.75. And it's gone to 4.75 to 5. So you would expect reverse repo to be right at the bottom end of that range. And again, for those who may be new to the channel, that reverse repo rate is what the Fed sets up to try to create a floor on the overnight rates. And then on the high end, you'd have the discount rate, uh, which is what uh, is being utilized by the banks accessing the discount window. That's the rate that they're paying. And that would be the highest rate that the Fed sets on the overnight. And that would be to set a ceiling on rates. But the utilization of that discount window is a huge red flag. That's a canary in the coal mine. I don't want to go off on a tangent. We discussed that in the last video, and we'll definitely be discussing that in the days to come for sure. But that my point is you've got three main rates to pay attention to within the window from 4.75 to 5, which it is now. You've got the low end reverse repo. You've got the high end discount window or the discount rate. And right in the middle usually is the actual Fed funds. And that's the interest rate that they're paying the banks on the reserves that they have on the Fed's balance sheet. So why does that matter? Because we look at now reverse repo, that low end rate being at probably 4.75 or maybe a couple basis points higher. And we see the one month trading, call it 75 basis points below that, that that's a big deal because that's showing you that that collateral is in very, very high demand. I mean, think about what you could do if you're a bank. You've got two options here. You could buy a one-month T-bill at 4%, or you could just park your money at the Fed in reverse repo and get 4.75, risk-free. So think about that. Banks are choosing, and or, or money market funds are choosing to park their money at 4.75, or banks or big hedge funds are choosing to actually go out and buy treasury, excuse me, I said it reverse order. They're choosing to buy treasuries at 4% instead of getting a risk-free 4.75% by just parking the cash at the Fed. And, and by the way, that's an overnight rate, which means there's even less risk. There's more liquidity, et cetera. So think about how much risk there would need to be in the marketplace in order for that to occur. Think about how much of a premium there is on that collateral. And you'd say, well, why is there a premium on the collateral? So the banks and the financial institutions can use that collateral to shore up their balance sheet because they see a storm coming. That's And so the bigger that delta, basically what you can assume is the more perceived counterparty risk in the system. And keep in mind, this is after the Fed set up their last facility that quote unquote solved the problem. This is after they secured the depositors of Silicon Valley Bank signature. This is after... UBS has already taken over Credit Suisse. So supposedly all of these problems have been solved and it should be smooth sailing because remember the unemployment rate is almost at all time lows. The consumer balance sheet is solid. We've got credit card debt exploding, which the CNBC types see as a good thing, not a bad thing. So th that's why it's just so important to look beneath 
the surface, like we were saying in the previous video. So let's keep moving on, Josh. We're at 4% with the one month. Where are we with the three month? Wow. So we're at 4.72 with the three month. So my goodness, not only is that a huge jump, but what really is striking is the fact that is even under reverse repo. Wow. So it's not just the one month and you would assume the, the, the eight week, but now it's, it's also the three month T-bill is trading at a yield under reverse repo. It might be the entire curve now that I'm thinking, like what is above Fed funds? Well, it'd be the six month. What's the six month? Uh, My guess is that's the one. And then from the one year, it probably starts going back down again. I mean, that's not below reverse repo, but that, I mean, that's getting darn close to Fed funds. That was the, and now you're looking up the one year. So basically that's a good point. So basically what we have right now is the entire curve is under reverse repo except for the six month and that's getting darn close <laughs> wow that is what i would call the no bueno zone if that's not the market screaming at you you need to risk off i i don't know what is man that's that's just an incredible statistic and what's the 30 year by the way sorry i i had pal's speech up let's check yeah we know the 10 years about 3.5 and so while you're pulling that up, guys, let me tell you that if you go back and look at history, usually, usually when you get the entire curve trading under Fed funds, you're getting real close to whatever the crisis is going to be or whatever the recession, the depression, et cetera. It's getting very, very close. I guess that's the best way to say it. So the 30-year treasury is at 3.7. Yeah. So, I mean, the entire curve, except for the six-month, is underfed funds. And within the next week, we could see the six month go under fed funds. And if it does, that means that whatever's going to happen is knocking at the door, bottom line. So I think the main takeaway here is let's pay attention to that six month T-bill rate. Let's pay attention to it very, very closely. And then let's also pay attention to the inversion of the two year and the 10 year. So not to see it inverting more that would be an indication that the whatever's going to hit the fan is off in the distance but actually the opposite when we see that steepen out to where you no longer see that inversion that's when the warning signals are going off so there we go great josh can you expand that please can you just do a one year a one year view just do the one year view just click on there you go so you see what i'm talking about guys right there at the end you see how that is getting closer to zero because that's the two year, excuse me, that's the 10 year. I don't know what this is saying. This is saying this is the 10 year treasury constant maturity minus the, the two year. Bottom line is that's the inversion. So when that is under zero, that means the 10 year is trading under the two year. So when you see this line right there, zoom in please, Josh. When you see this line at the end getting closer to zero, and then you see it going above zero, that's when you've really got to be careful and make sure that you got your hedges on, make sure that you know, you're not going out that risk curve with your portfolio, because that's if history is a teacher, that's when things tend to hit the fan. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.